Hey everyone, welcome back to another week here on MWO Sports. Ryan Drury here. I'll be joined as always by Steve Sabrin and Clarkie, and we have lots to touch on, including an important meeting in junior hockey for the local PGHL scene. We'll touch on some thoughts from that, some potential rumors on when the season could or could not start. We'll dig into that, of course. We'll also touch on some NHL notes. Clarkie's Leafs get their man. Joe Thornton is a Maple Leaf. Will he be effective? What will he bring to the table? We'll talk a little bit about that. Of course, Doc Emmerich, legendary broadcaster retiring. The Blackhawks are rebuilding. And we'll also be joined by some special guests. Alan MacArthur of the list will squash courts. will join us to talk about his beautiful new facility. And as always, at the end of the show, we'll be joined by our wagering expert, Chris Abbott from CoolBet.co. You are listening to and watching MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to another week here on MWO Sports. Ryan Drury joined by Steve Sabrin and, of course, Clarkie. Guns firing, guns blazing. Let's go. Lots of sports to touch on here, eh, Clarkie? It's, uh, you know, how about we... Uh, We'll we'll delve into your Maple Leafs. Don't worry, we will get to them. We're done dissecting how the season ended, though, buddy. You you promised we're not talking about that anymore. The season is over, and uh, they're turning a new leaf or a new Joe, as we should say. Uh, we'll touch on that briefly, but first, uh, we've got to talk a little bit about the local junior hockey scene. Uh, obviously, the PJHL Junior C Loop. Uh, it's the biggest junior league in the world. I mean, there's well over 60 teams. I believe it's 63 at the final count. Uh, they had a meeting on Thursday night. Now, basically, they just, you know, we were told that they were, there was the possibility that there was a vote happening. I was told uh, by a, a source that I trust that that's not the case. Um, there are other rumors that there could be a vote this weekend on when they start the season. I was told that November 1st is going to be the day they vote on whether they start December 1st. But Clarkie, I mean, there's a lot of rumors flying around and no real clear cut answers yet. Yeah. Yeah, and let's be careful what we say about uh, there's a vote when they start the season. There's a vote if they'll start the season. If they if may not start. start the season. Yeah, they may That's not right. start the season whatsoever. Um, I did hear what you heard about a vote November 1st. Maybe they're moving that vote up. Maybe they want it fresh off this meeting so it's everything is fresh in people's minds. So they have the meeting on Thursday night. Then maybe this weekend they vote. Um, there's still news to come out about that. Uh, a lot of teams are still going through practicing rates now um, i know the mitchell hawks are practicing um the players are having to pay to be there though um they have to pay out of their own pockets and it's about 10 bucks a skate um, but nobody balked at it these kids want to play obviously um but there's so many questions um like if they do play would it be three on three is there going to be no contact the feeling I got from talking to people is it's not hockey if that's what they do. And they'd rather just practice and do inner squad um, to play properly. Um, the bottom line is, guys, if there's no fans, which it doesn't certainly look like there's going to be fans and body contact, there's not going to be a season this year. No, and it really looks like everybody's kind of wait to see who flinches first. We know that the OHL is in discussions. The Ontario government has come out and uh, basically told them no voluntary contact um, in game situations. And the GOJHL, we've talked to uh, people involved in that league. They're kind of sitting and waiting to see, you know, who. It's almost who blinks first, right? 
It's who's going to blink first, and then everybody, are they going to follow suit? So if the O says they're going to delay more, will other leagues delay more? Um, I've heard the O has set January as basically their end-all and be-all date. Like if they don't get underway by mid-January, they're pretty much going to have to shelve it. Um, So we'll have to see what deadlines come out and uh, who, who will do what first. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a tough situation, Steve and Clarky, right? Because, you know, one would assume if the OHL doesn't play, and I'm sure most people are aware of are aware of the statements made recently, uh, just last week, by Ontario Minister of Sport Lisa McLeod, saying that the only way they'll let the OHL play is if they have no body contact. She did not specify that they play three on three, but that was an early rumor in a release back in August from the OHA that you know that was going to be a Hockey Canada directive that they, that there could be a potential of three-on-three play, certainly I would say in minor hockey, just so that, you know, the kids could play. That certainly makes sense at some youth levels. I I just, I don't think it makes sense at junior hockey levels, especially with the level of competition we're used to. I've talked to a number of different sources from throughout the PJHL and GOJHL, not just in our local group here of the Midwest Conference in the GOJHL and the Pollock Division. I've talked to a number of executives I know from around both those leagues, and I would say 95% of respondents when I asked, would you be open to playing three-on-three no contact, all said emphatically, no. Because as you said, Clarky, the, the feeling is, is that it's not real hockey and it's not going to do anything to develop the game, uh, uh, especially of younger players. Because No, it's uh, – go ahead, Clarky. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I don't understand in a way because I think you could have a tremendous amount of skill development, puck handling, um, and that kind of thing if you do play three-on-three. Three. I don't think it – should but it's be not emphatically. Real. I, I okay, Ryan. I understand it's not real, but no hockey is definitely not real. So at the end of the day, isn't something better than nothing? And that's I what I'm struggling with. At the end of the day, are you going to spend all that money as a club if you can't pay your ice bill through fan attendance? Yeah, I get that, Steve. I get I that, but it'll come money. down to players having to pay. Just like they had to playing minor hockey. If the players pay to play, and basically it's only the refs and the rink probably that you know they'll be paying for, um, is it worth it? At the end of the day, is it worth it to to have the skill development? Maybe they do a tournament. Maybe they do a bubble. Maybe like there could be many things discussed on Thursday night that we're not privy to yet. Um, instead of just canceling the season, but. Boy, I'd like to see something happen myself, but I don't know. you got to remember, too, the, the PGHL season, playoffs usually get started in February. Yeah, but the it's NHL so season, they usually start in April, and they didn't. I don't think that matters, though, does it? 
Well, it, it, it sort of does because Steve, like you said, a large majority of their games are played on weekends and, and, and bubbles are out of the question for me with this, because you've got guys that are spread all over the province that uh, many of them are working full-time jobs, especially your overage players. They're all 20, 21 year olds, either with school commitments or working um, a bubbles, just not going to be it. I understand no, I'm that saying a bubble for a short amount of time to do a tournament, like to do something like the world juniors are doing a bubble. Like can yeah. these guys do some sort of tournament? I don't know. Like the BCHL. Um, I know the commissioner out there. He is actually used to be my boss at Leafs TV, Chris Hebb. They have said they are starting December 1st. They already have an exhibition schedule uh, that teams are playing in at this moment. They have to wear the full face shield. They have to wear the bow. Bauer has come out with a shield that goes under the full face shield, like a splash guard. So you can't get any, any moisture uh, in your face. Um, they've already made their rules and they are committed to play. It seems like Ontario is behind and maybe they want to expedite this process by talking about having the meeting tonight and then having a vote, but we'll see. Well, and, and it's tough too, right? Because like Steve, like you mentioned with scheduling, like I, it, it, it's going to be difficult. Like what we know for sure is originally a couple months ago, I want to say mid August, uh, it was decided amongst the G, uh, pardon me, the PJHL board of governors and all the teams on a conference call, they all voted to set December 1st as a tentative start date. Now, that was about three days after the GOJHL said their tentative start date would be December 2nd. A couple days later, PJHL put out a releasing December 1st. At that time, I've been told from a couple sources that the teams voted to hold a vote November 1st to definitively decide whether they would start December 1st. If not, if the vote was no, they would reconvene December 1st to vote whether they would do a last, you know, last chance effort at starting January 1st with pushing the playoffs back into March to start so that teams could get roughly a 20 to 25 game schedule in. Obviously, if the OHL does something like that, they would probably be looking at squeezing 30, maybe 35 in. But if if we get to November 1st, December 1st, whatever it is, and we're still not hearing definitively, we've got a even a preseason schedule, if that was something that they would, or, or exhibition games. I know some GOJHL teams, St. Catharines and Niagara, I believe it was, played an exhibition game recently with the three-on-three no contact if we're not hearing about stuff like that being planned well into november which is around the corner gentlemen i i think it's going to be more and more likely that we don't see local junior hockey and that pains me obviously we love covering the pjhl we love covering the gojhl i cover a lot of ohl games it's a lot of fun the BCHL, their COVID-19 situation is a little different in BC. It is not as rampant and wild as it's been in Ontario. Ontario and Quebec are a disaster. In our area, not so much. It's, you know, it's Toronto, it's Peel, it's Ottawa. But there are teams in those areas, in these leagues. So my feeling, unfortunately, is still I'm getting more and more pessimistic as the days go by that, Unfortunately, we're not going to see a season. And like Steve, the way last season ended, 
just sucks. And then, you know, to potentially have a whole other season wiped out by this would be pretty devastating for a lot of players, never mind, you know, ourselves. Well, it's it's an interesting dynamic, too, when you look at the geography, because if you were to ask people around this, the area that we're in, um, very, very low COVID count. Uh, there's no reason why the teams in the local area could let some fans in a building. Um, but when you look at other areas of the PGHL, like a Windsor-Essex, which have had pandemic issues, uh, you look at Toronto area, and there are Toronto area, when I say greater Toronto area, PGHL teams. Napanee. Uh, and then you go further east, Napanee towards the Ottawa area, which is on the fringe of a hot spot. Um, you know, I could see maybe not having the full PGHL playoff, but just have the division titles. Run a season, play your division title, keep it all in one small box, and, and there you go. Um, but again, it's like anything else right now in this day and age, the uncertainty, because the government doesn't know what it's doing yeah. week in, week out. Yeah, it's Halloween allowed. And that's so... I mean, every, everything at this point, if you're trying to plan something, you can make a decision today, but come Monday, things mm -hmm. could totally turn. Yeah, I think it's it's such a, obviously, it's such an unknown, right, guys? Like, we've never gone through this. Everyone's just trying to do their best and keeping everyone's health uh, you know, first and foremost, um, BC, you're right, uh, Ryan. It it's no, it doesn't have the numbers that th this area or not this area, but Ontario have. But they're breaking records right now every day. They had a record breaker today. Um, on th sorry, on Thursday, you know, um, for the amount of uh, cases they've had. So it's going up there as well. And when you factor in the uh, population. Uh, you know, ratio, they're seeing a lot of cases too. So it, it's just, it's just, it's so tough on everyone to make sure like, Hey, there's no question. I'd love to see hockey too, but I also want to see people safe. And if we have to sacrifice it for a year to get rid of this darn thing and hopefully get a vaccine and everyone take a, you know, a shot to, to ward this thing off. That's what we might have to do. I mean, we talked back in March that, oh, you know, by maybe April, May, it should be gone or it could be gone. Well, guess what? It's not gone and it's worse now than ever before. Well, and you take a look at what's happening in other areas. Uh, reading today, the Czech Republic, 15,000 new cases of COVID. Mm -hmm. They basically had it down to negligible back in June opened things up, and it skyrocketed again. So if you're taking leads from other areas that are well into their second, possibly third wave, mm -hmm. we are just on the cusp of it, holding yeah. our own statistically. And mm -hmm. if things open up further, are we endangering our situation even more? I will That's say one more thing about the junior hockey situation is that we have to remember that these players also travel for school. Well, yeah. Right? So they mm -hmm. are traveling from spot to spot to spot, mm -hmm. which, you know. Increases your risk. Right. And for so sure. that's the other thing that has to be taken into account.
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough, right? Like you said, Steve, I mean, especially your overage guys and your older guys on the team, your 19, 20 year olds, you know, if you know, I know for a fact that there are guys in, on teams in our area here that we cover that, you know, go to Fanshawe, they go to Western, look at that. Western university was one of the first major universities in Canada to have multiple cases. They still do like London is a little out of control as well. I, I would actually venture to say that London's COVID count isn't very far off of a hotspot area. I, I, I really wouldn't. So j- just, just that one school, you know, guys are in Toronto. It's tough. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want to see this, but Clarky, like you said, I guess it, it, it brings forth an existential question. Like how important is hockey yep. in the face of this? I would argue extremely important any other day of the week, but just with the way the case counts are here in Ontario in particular in Quebec, look at what's going on with the QMJHL. It's a disaster. Mm-hmm. They've got seven teams now with at least two or more cases of staff or players, uh, all starting with 26 positives on, on uh, I believe it was Blainville, Boisbriand, Armada. Yeah. I, you we know, can't I, have that happen here. No, for sure. And just to bring it personal to me, like my men's shinny on Sunday mornings was coming up and uh, I had to make a decision if I was going to play. I have chosen to play. I I don't feel I'm having the uh, virus control me, but I do wear a mask when I'm playing. I'm only one of a couple of guys who do wear a mask. I thought I'm going to try it. And if I can breathe, I'm going to wear it. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, I like I'm a goalie, so it's hard for me to put my pads on and drive to the rink with, you know, with equipment on. Um, last week, though, I did put my pants on. I put my um, my knee pads on and my socks on. Um, so when I got to the rink, all I had to put on was basically my skates, my pads and my upper body gear. But it was fine. I, I had no problem doing that. Um, we were spaced out nicely in the dressing rooms. We had three dressing rooms that we could dress in. Um, and when I went out, I had I had a mask on and I've actually purchased a CCM. They have CCM has made um, um, a face mask that will go inside my goalie mask uh, and attached to the bars. So. Uh, it, it's with my mask. So the, the thing I was having trouble with last week was when I tried to put my mask up to have a drink, now I have to put my ma- my goalie mask up and then move my other mask. It was a little bit of a pain. Um, so I just basically didn't hydrate during the game, which isn't good for me either. But um, So I'm waiting. These were on back order from CCM. Of course, they didn't have them ready for the beginning of hockey season. But um, I'm waiting for that to come in. Hopefully it's supposed to ship now so hopefully i get it soon um but i'm taking precautions i as i said i don't feel that i'm letting uh, like i'm paranoid about this virus but yeah i'm concerned absolutely i'm concerned and i want to do everything i can at my age my advanced age to to not get this thing right you heard it you heard it first here folks advanced stage yeah, absolutely. Uh, Clarky, you're not that old, buddy. Um, yeah, it's tough. We would love to see junior hockey play again. Stick with us here. As soon as we hear anything, we'll update you. Uh, the best thing to do is, of course, listen to this show every yeah, Friday at six we'll, on CKNX. We'll, we'll, have, and we'll have a guy on next week for sure to talk about the meeting. Absolutely. We will. Yeah. And uh, of course, follow CKNX news on Twitter. Go on blackburnnews.com. Check out our website. As soon as we hear anything that's breaking, we're going to bring it to you regarding junior hockey because it's something we all care deeply about uh, on this show and and at our station uh, for sure. So hopefully we're crossing our fingers that we can see hockey, but 
I don't know. It's up. I in said the air. it last week, Ryan. I said it last week. The Leafs got to go get Joe Thornton. You did say that, and the Leafs went and got their man. Uh, he is playing as well over in Switzerland. His wife, of course, is Swiss, so he doesn't even count as an import for HC Davos. And um, yeah, seven hundred thousand league minimum. Uh, another great veteran guy, thirsty for a cup. I mean, I, I think Joe Thornton is among the you know. Jerome McGinley, Henrik Lundqvist, you know, Alex Ovechkin, even types that people pull for. They want to see this guy win a cup. I would love to see Jumbo Joe win a cup. Can he do it in Toronto? I don't know. It remains to be seen. He's 41. You know, what's he going to add? I don't know what he'll add point wise. I can definitely see him on the power play for sure. Potentially even being on that first unit. Uh, I think Joe in the uh, along the half wall, maybe, you know, Feeding Cheddar Biscuits over to Austin Matthews for one-timers would be pretty fun to see. Uh, the question, of course, Clarky, is, you know, how effective can he be points-wise? Yeah, well, we're going to find out, I guess. Um, maybe there was also um, some dressing room issues that they really wanted to address and they brought in some guys who can speak up even he won't be a captain he won't be an assistant captain he wasn't he was in San Jose and they they and then he wasn't um, but he's going to be a voice and you know I was listening to uh, TSN sports radio this week and Dave Poulin was talking about when he went to Washington he was brought in to be that that voice and he didn't play well at the beginning when he went there and they didn't listen to him so you got to play well for the guys to respect you. But if you go in and you play well, people will listen. And that's what Joe has to do. Um, yeah, he's an older he's, – he's a guy with at, at an advanced age as well. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I think he's going to bring a lot more than just on the ice. Um, I would hope that – you always hope that your team doesn't need that. Um, but I think they've, they've tried to address size – Toughness, um, forwards and D. They have uh, Simmons. They have Thornton. They have Zach Bogosian now. They've addressed some things that they said they needed to address. The question is, are those guys good enough? You're bringing Joe Thornton in, league minimum. To me, what do you have to lose? He's better, in my mind, than Freddie Goche. And that's who you put your you know, uh, fourth line out there with last year. And I don't think... I don't think Freddie Goche is that good. And I said that I've said it all along. I didn't think he was that good. So I'm hoping I'm first of all, I'm hoping they play. Uh, we're hearing now they've canceled the winter classics and everything else, but that doesn't, I guess that's not really shocking. Um, but I just hope he can bring something to the table and boy, I'd still love to see Corey Perry, but I think they have their, uh, their fill of old guys now. Yeah, it's. I think just in closing on Thornton, I think it's a good ad, uh, low risk, high reward. Like you said, Clarky, yeah, I think uh, I think that this move was made. Again, I'm not in the dressing room. I think this was specifically made for William Nylander. I really do. I feel like they brought him in as a Nylander whisperer, and uh, you know, Joe Thornton is of such high status. This is a first ballot Hall of Fame slam dunk all day long. One of the greatest passers of all time. If he, if they're ten games into the season and Joe has zero points. William Nylander better still listen to that guy. He, like, he, well, that's he's, exactly what I said with Poulin, right? Same thing. Yeah. Well, I'm and no disrespect to our friend of the show, Dave Poulin. Joe Thornton's in a bit of a different 
you know, avenue. Now, Pooley was captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm not taking anything away from Pooley, but, you know, Joe Thornton, it, 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 even if he has zero points at 41, guys better still listen to him. He was in a cup final. He was oh so close. This guy wants this badly. He grew up a Leafs fan. He, he mentioned it on his interviews. Dad's a diehard Leaf fan. Love it. Great. They better listen to him. If they if if he gives William Nylander some of these young guys advice, they better listen up. And that's the uh, question. And they, Just and they better go ahead. They better sir. get beards. <laughs> yeah, they better yeah. get beards. Well, he no shaved kidding. his. though. he shaved his. Yeah. It's coming. It'll come back, baby. Don't worry about that. Clarky, really quick, like you mentioned, NHL officially announcing they have canceled the classic, you know, rendition of the Winter Classic, which was supposed to be at Target Field this year, featuring, I believe, Chicago and Minnesota. And then they have canceled the All Star Weekend in Florida. It'll just get bumped back a year. Yeah, uh, I, we have been hearing that maybe they would start the season with an outdoor game at Lake Louise, which would be really cool. Yes. Um, I, they never made anything official there, so who knows if that was even on the table. But And they still haven't. But they, Yeah, but they could do something there. It's up there. Uh, running out of time a little bit here, but let's quickly go uh, around a couple other NHL notes. Obviously, the Blackhawks putting out a New York Rangers-style-esque letter that they're rebuilding. Uh, apparently, Jonathan Taves and some of the other veterans, Duncan Keith and the like, weren't ecstatic about it it's going to be an interesting rebuild they've got a lot of guys making a lot of money um but hey i don't think anybody is complaining and if they are they shouldn't be they won three stanley cups so just relax they'll they'll figure it out and and the blackhawks will bounce back uh big news as well in the broadcasting world doc emmerich uh retiring mike emmerich of course who was you know worked his way up from college good friends with lou lamorello at the college level broke into broadcasting and was the long time when i was a kid long time color man of the new jersey devils called a lot of championships and then of course became the nbc guy I mean, you think back to all the great calls, many Stanley Cup, I believe 28 Stanley Cup finals, so many memorable calls. I'll never forget, you know, him calling Lars Eller when the Capitals won. Unbelievable call. You think back to TJ Oshie scoring all those uh, shootout goals against Russia and how well he did. I mean, uh, it's sad that we're losing Doc. Yeah, I, I don't remember many calls that Doc specifically did, um, but I do remember one thing that I was absolutely thrilled about when it happened is he replaced Jim Houston, if I'm not mistaken, on EA Sports and NHL. And anytime anyone can replace Jim Houston, in my mind, is a good thing. Congrats, Clarky. Yes, he was on EA Sports for a long time. Yes, Steve. And I knew I'd... Doc. I had me. I had met him a few times, and just a genuine, genuine person. Really, absolutely. Nice guy. Speaking of uh, NHL 21, how's that poke check going, Ryan? Um, Ha, ha, ha. Yes. Fix it. it, uh, Interesting enough, I saw a Twitter shot of uh, Doc Emmerich's score sheet. Um, He had his own color-coded way of tracking the game. It's Um, amazing. And personally, um, I know we've all called games in certain situations. Um, I couldn't remember what color would go with what team. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's interesting to me from a behind the scenes look on how he did his craft and why he is so smooth and the way he does things. Um, it mm-hmm. just goes to show he put a lot of effort and thought process into his craft to make yeah. it sound the way it did. That's an interesting thing. Cause like I sat beside Joe Bowen when I was early fresh in my career, watching him engineering the games down at Maple Leaf gardens. And I watched what he did and it was pretty, uh, pretty cool. And I took a lot of those things 
to my play-by-play life, which didn't last too long, but I, you know, I did some games. Um, but you, yeah, you just learn from those guys and you think, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm going to do that. Yeah, you take notes from the best, and Doc was certainly one of them. We're going to miss him for sure. The king of verbs. He had uh, a different way of saying just about everything for what was going on in the ice. Pitchfork was my favorite when he was calling poke checks. EA Sports, fix the poke checks. Uh, We'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to chat with our friend Alan MacArthur of the Listowel Squash Courts. Beautiful new facility here. Lots of people utilizing it, including uh, my two co-hosts here who love it. We'll chat with Alan next here on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Back here on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co, Ryan Drury, Steve Sabrin, and Clarkie, and we're joined by another great special guest, Alan MacArthur of the Listowel Squash Courts. Alan, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate you jumping on uh, live from the courts. You can hear the balls hitting the wall. It's awesome, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it's been like just through COVID and getting people into the uh, into the facility to play or try out squash for the first time. What's it been like for you so far? Yeah, it's been awesome, actually. Um, COVID's had hiccups for, for all small business owners, especially ones trying to open, but uh, um, I fought through it uh, kind of had to shut down for a bit construction and, and uh, carry on and, and open a little later than I wanted to, but um, no, it's been, it's been really good. Um, people have really taken a liking to squash. We've had lots of people out trying it out, um, trying it out for the first time, second time, third time even. So um, it's growing, you know, word's getting out and, and uh, we hope to continue to do so. Alan, what made you decide to bring the squash courts to Listool to open them up? Uh, the growth, really. Um, I was, I had a, a small flooring insulation business uh, kind of ran out of my truck and, and I was in the communities doing a lot of residential uh, remodeling with flooring um, and just found that a lot of people were coming from the city. Um, I had a lot of friends that also played squash that were local. I thought with the combination it could really work. Um, along with some other things to kind of uh, help people get in, help people check it out and and stay playing. Yeah. So when you look at uh, the growth that you've seen so far, um, what do you estimate uh, growth at? Are you seeing you know membership rise? Uh, what groups are you seeing coming out to play squash? Is there a certain age bracket? Uh, actually, I see all kinds. Um, I mean, it's really surprising. I didn't think I'd see that many families, um, not many kids. Uh, it's fairly new to kids. Um, it's not your typical uh, baseball, hockey, soccer that is in every small town, um, which is awesome, too. Um, I just wanted a bit of variety. Um, it shows uh, it shows another aspect. It's uh, year-round it's never weather permitting um you can always come in um 24 7 helps too uh, i have a lot of families coming in here um uh two kids will play on one court and the mom and dad will play on the other uh they'll play a game or two and then they'll switch it up um they'll play the kid um i bring my son in here all the time he's seven he loves playing uh, i get his buddies in here and they they hit a ball around uh it's 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 really good to see um just another avenue uh, they also say that 
uh, with a lot of sports, you're not supposed to play one single sport and think you'll grow to be awesome. Um, they say to, to mix it up, uh, hand-eye is huge in squash. Um, it can really help with hockey, baseball. Um, the, the lunging back and forth is huge in squash. It can help with your soccer, your baseball. Um, it really complements all sports. You mentioned uh, 24-7 access, which, uh, as you know, Steve and I uh, take advantage of that as much as we can. It's great to have that fob. Uh, you get a key fob. You just go in whenever you want. You book it online, which is a great system as well. Tell us, though, are you going to introduce a league, a ladder system? What do you have planned for that? Oh, we have lots lots in the go. Um, I've already talked to you a little bit about it, Chris. Um, I, I definitely want to get a league going. Uh, right around the beginning of December, uh, men's league specifically, um, a ladder league, so guys can uh, always be competitive in their in their own section. Um, you never have to feel like you're getting outplayed. Um, I'm also working on. Uh, uh, we have a ladies' night coming up. It's uh, actually a ladies' weekend. Um, it's all weekend, November 20th, 21st, 22nd. Uh, ladies only. We're uh, I'm really trying to push uh, to grab a friend. Um, it's an intimidating sport. Uh, a lot of guys don't mind coming in here by themselves and, and hitting a ball. I see it all the time. Um, but I feel females are a little more reluctant. It's very intimidating. It's uh, You see it on the movies, on the TV shows, and and uh, everybody's always sweating and going hard. Um, but you can, you can go at your own pace. I mean, if you want to just rally, just rally. Um, if you want to go a little harder, go a little harder. Not everybody has to play like uh, like Chris and Steve, where they they end up getting mad at each other, <laughs> walking off the court for a second. Not everybody has to do that. You can you can be friends. You can be friends and play squash, right? <laughs> true yeah. story, by the way. That's a true story. <laughs> yeah, yeah true see- story. Where do you see like? Steve and I have a little wager riding on this. Where do you see Steve and I in the ladder? Like who who would be who would be Ooh. where? Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Um, Neither. I, I would say tied for third. Okay. Tied for uh, we'll third. Take, is I'll, that take, good? I'll that's take tied bad. for third. That's good. Yeah. Ryan's laughing. I, Ryan has no idea. We go hard, Ryan. I know. Yeah. I've seen the the bloody nose picture. Uh, I'm I'm aware of how competitive you are, it, Alan. It, I mean, it, it looks like such an awesome facility. I'm gonna have to come in and check it out. I mean, these guys brag all the time about how great they are at squash. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're starting a ladder league, maybe I'll have to hone my skills and jump ahead of these guys. Yeah, for sure. So put them in their place, right? They gotta. They gotta know every single any any time. Uh, <laughs> Steve and I will take you on, Ryan, any time. Hey, the, you know, the other you. thing that's great about it is he Al's put some Bluetooth speakers in. You can hook your phone up to the Bluetooth speakers. You can blare the music if you want. Well, if you're the only one in there, if you're not bothering the people in the court next to you. But so we go in there, we put Cool 94.5 on, and we play squash, and it's awesome. And it, it's just it's a fun, fun time. Um, he's got he's got uh, showers in there if you want to shower afterwards. Uh, he has a massage therapist, which actually I took advantage of today because I'm nursing a little sore calf. Um, but it's 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 been great, Steve and I, and I uh, we wanted to succeed and. Uh, I think it's going to for sure, Al, and uh, it, it's been it's been a great great thing for the uh, town of uh, Listowel in my mind. Awesome, yeah, it, it's it's really showing like we've had a lot of interest, a lot of people come out that I wasn't expecting. Um, yeah, it's it's been awesome. 
And where do people find out more info, Al? Uh, you can check out listwolfsquashcourts.ca. Give me a call at uh, 519-418-4444 or come and check us out at 375 Rocker Road. And you're on Facebook? On Facebook, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. That sounds awesome, man. Uh, it's time for everybody who's listening to go check out the squash courts here in Listowel. Alan MacArthur's got a great setup there. It looks awesome. I'm going to have to come in. Clarkie and I will privately book a court. I'll put on the Rage Against the Machine and uh, I'll take you to Pain Town, buddy. It's not going to look pretty. Let's, uh, let's, get, let's get an audience in. Let's get an audience in to watch this. Let's do it. Lay some money down. I love it. Alan, we really appreciate it, buddy. Best of luck with the facility. Can't wait to come check it out. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks so much, guys. Awesome. We'll take another quick break here on MWO Sports. And when we come back, we will chat with our resident wintering expert, Chris Abbott, about the NFL action, the World Series, and, of course, Habib Nurmagomedov returning to the UFC ring. You're listening to and watching MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to wrap things up here on MWO Sports brought to you by CoolBet.co. I am Ryan Drury. He's Clarky, and that is Steve Sabrin. We're joined, as always, at the end of every show by our wagering expert from CoolBet, Chris Abbott. Chris, how you doing? I'm good, boys. How are we doing? The four of us need to get out and play golf together one day. Three of us got out one day. You don't want to play golf with me, buddy. Well, we'll take some money, maybe. We'll take two, some money. Two people played golf. The other guy just rode around in a cart. I hey, I had a I had a bad day that day too. I I had a bad day that day too. Speaking of bad days, what happened to the Packers? I I was like I said the Packers oh. would win. What the heck? They weren't even in it. No, it ruined my Sunday. Actually, Clarky, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. They were in it for the first quarter. Like uh, yeah, okay, the first just quarter. The first sure. quarter of that game, the Packers sure. were marching down the field, marching down the field. Yep. And I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has ever in his career thrown back-to-back interceptions. One went back to the end zone. The other one came back to his two. And that was it. That was it. Game over. They never recovered from that. Um, curious to see how that game plays out if that doesn't happen. But, hey, if uh, ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd yep. all have a Merry Christmas, right? And they, so, did, they didn't uh, even make the over, did they? No, no. They only I, they, they never got any points. They were, I think, yeah. Tampa Bay scored 38 unanswered or something crazy like that. So, um, yeah, that one stung last week for sure, as did the, the Rams lose. Um, you know, the 49ers looked looked horrible one week against uh, Miami. They come back and look good last week. So there's a reason they say the NFL is the most efficient betting market in the world, and that's because uh, week to week things are absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just never know what you're going to get. And, I mean, even at 43 years old, if you give old Tommy Brady freebies, he is more than less likely going to cash in. Tampa Bay looked pretty good. Let's look at the lines this weekend, three big games. Let's start with a massive matchup of undefeated teams at 5-0 and in the AFC. Steelers-Titans, this is going to be arguably, on paper, the most competitive game of the week, Chris. Who do you like in this one? It's a coin flip for me. It is, and that's what the odds say, too. The Right now, Tennessee, as we speak, are a one-and-a-half-point favorite uh, at home, so I guess they get the home field a little bit. They are allowing fans in Nashville, so, um, hey, so be it, right? Uh, uh, Tennessee has done nothing not to warrant to be a favorite in this game. Um, We've had people reach out to us looking for Ryan Tannehill MVP odds over the last couple of weeks, so... 
hey, they, they've earned their spot. Now, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are going to be the toughest test that they've faced so far. And Pittsburgh's look really good. Of course, the emergence of Chase Claypool, who's a Canadian wide receiver that we're all excited about. Um, I don't know what to bet on this game. The total is 51. I, I think my favorite bet might be under the total. I think this is going to be like a classic AFC, just in the trenches, a lot of running the ball. Um, Derek Henry was massive last week, of course. So um, I think I'm like might like under 51 in this game. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if the air attack is going to be uh, as prominent. I think we're going to see a lot of Derek Henry, a lot of James Conner. That's kind of how I'm feeling as well. Hammer the under. I can't pick a winner here. Derrick Henry's a freak. Tannehill looks legit. And, I mean, on the other side, you got Big Ben still doing his thing. And Pittsburgh arguably has the best front seven in football. So it'll be a tough test for Tennessee. Let's look at old Tommy Brady back in business against the Las Vegas Raiders. Who do you like in this one? I, I think Tampa Bay might get on a roll here. Well, this one's interesting because I said on Sunday after they kind of came back and Green Bay was done that I thought it would be a good opportunity for betting against them this week because the line would be a little bit inflated. So I bet them early at plus three. I bet the Raiders, as a matter of fact, as a home underdog who've uh, home underdogs have done pretty well this year and, and, you know, going into Vegas and all that stuff. So, um the interesting part of that is that the Raiders offensive line was sent home from practice because uh, there was one player tested positive for COVID. So they, they all shut down uh, and that kind of throws things out of whack and the lines moving towards Tampa. Uh, it's off the board uh, at the end of the week. So we don't even know if this game's going to get played. It got moved from the Sunday nighter to Sunday afternoon. Uh, this one's, this one's tough. Uh, I, I wouldn't fault anyone for betting Tampa, but I, I have a hard time, uh, fading a, a home underdog in the Oakland Raiders who are coming off a bye. So they've had two weeks to get ready for this game. Um, if all is okay with their offensive line, I, I like the Raiders here. We know you meant the Vegas Raiders, of course. Uh, Did I old, say hab Oakland? old habits yeah. die hard, my friend. Uh, I've called them the Oakland Raiders a number of times, but the fans in Oakland will be upset that you said that. You know, um, no, it's before you get in there, just to note, Derek Carr hasn't thrown an interception uh, yet. And his uh, rating has been at 100 or over for the last four games. So he's been on fire for the for the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, it's one of these things where as a player like, like Derek Carr gets pigeonholed and, and you, you just don't believe in him. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of guilty of that sometimes as well. They, they've been good. The Josh Jacobs, second-year running back out of Alabama. They've they've got a you know a improved receiving core. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans will lament the fact that Nelson Aguilar looked great uh, in the silver and black. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I want the Raiders to be good, and sometimes I get a little bit blinded by that. But I think them catching three, four points at home here. Um, you know, you got Brady and Gronk. Gronk likes to party, so you tell me he's not going to be at the casinos this weekend before the game. I don't know. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, Tampa Bay's getting healthy again. And they looked really good early in the year when they were healthy. Then we kind of wrote them off a bit when they had all the injuries. Uh, this will be an interesting one. A lot to be gleaned from it for sure. It's going to be a great game. Let's talk about Patriots 
and the San Francisco 49ers, who we just briefly touched on there. Um, Chris, I'm a diehard Patriots fan. I got spoiled through my entire youth getting to watch Tom Brady and nothing but excellence. I got to be honest, last weekend was probably the worst Patriots regular season game I have personally ever watched. They were abysmal. Uh, Do they have an opportunity to bounce back against a 49ers team that's still kind of trying to figure themselves out a little bit? Um, it, it'll be tough, man, because honestly, Ryan, there, there's just no weapons for this New England Patriots team. I think last year, last week, Cam Newton was their leading passer, rusher, and maybe even receiver because he took the big, the big pass from, uh, was it Edelman that threw that pass? So, yes. uh, it, it's been bad. So when you got a, a 49ers team coming in, they went to the Super Bowl last year, they're getting their players back. They're an underdog. I bet them right away because I I thought the line was going to move towards San Francisco. Obviously, people like yourself, diehard New England fans, are always going to believe in their team. But the reality of it here is Cam Newton's got no options downfield. He looked really bad coming out of his uh, COVID diagnosis. Um, So, yeah, I, I cannot in good faith bet on the Patriots till I see a little bit more. I'm going to be honest, I can't bet on them either. I would hammer San Francisco. You're right, no weapons. Edelman's their best option. He's aging. He's hurt. They have no receivers. They have no tight ends. It's uh, it's going to be tough for them against a really good, still, San Francisco defense. Let's talk World Series. I mean, it's been a great first two games. Game three rolling tonight. Tampa Bay has looked, uh, well, they looked pretty piecemeal in game one, and they battle back in game two. Randy Rosarain is doing some incredible things. Who do you like to come out of the World Series, and what are some of the lines looking like for Game 3 tonight? Well, going into the series, Tampa Bay was a plus 165, 170 underdog to win the series. I thought that, you know, at almost 2-1 to one there, that's that's not a bad bet for a Tampa Bay team that keeps uh, proving everybody wrong. One thing that was a little bit surprising to me through the first two games is both went well over the total. Total for Game 3 is at 7.5, so I wouldn't be afraid to uh, put a little more on that. Both teams' offenses have been coming around. Brandon Lau, who was in a sustained slump all the way back to the J series, uh, he he had two home runs in Game Two. I, we haven't even seen a Rosarena uh, get back to where he was in the LCS yet. Uh, I love that guy. I'm betting him to hit a home run in every single game in this series because it's going to happen. Uh, and then you got you know Corey Sager's broken out for the Dodgers. So I think over is the smart thing to do. Tampa Bay is a plus 131 underdog. In game three, I don't know if there's that much separation. It's a minus 147 to bet the Dodgers. I don't know that those teams are that far apart. Game three starter for the Rays, Charlie Morton. He's been unbelievable in the playoffs. Uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see if the Dodgers hitters uh, can can get to him early. But uh, that that's a tough task. It is. And Steve, you know, something else you can do, especially with these teams that love to use the bullpen, you can bet just the first five innings of the game. Uh, if you think Charlie Morton's going to have a good outing, you can bet Tampa to be in the lead after five innings at plus 140. So 1.4 times your bet for Tampa to be in the lead after five innings. I think that's a great bet with Charlie Morton on the mound. He's been in this spot before. Um, they've got, you know, really good starting pitching, and he's he's chief among them. So, uh, yeah, I would have no trouble. Actually, I'm going to make that bet right now. Uh, yeah, raise, uh, raise first five. I'll take Ham- 10%. Hammer away. 
Yeah, I'll take 10%. Maybe we should send five to Charlie Martin. 3-0 and as a starter, .57 ERA in these playoffs. He is a freak. I like Tampa in game three tonight. Uh, Chris, really quick, obviously a big UFC fight coming up this weekend. Habib back in action against Gaethje. Lots of heat on this one. Who do you like? Can Habib come back and do it again? Well, he's uh, he's a mere 28-0-0 in his UFC MMA career, so uh, he's kind of kind of the only bet to make here. I think he's minus 357 to win. So if you're gonna if you think he's gonna win, you want to go in and bet him to either you know win by submission or win in a certain round or a certain method, just to to give yourself a little more uh, a little more less juice uh, is what I'm trying to say. But then you got Justin Gates, you guys, who's uh, 24 and two in his career. So, you know, this guy is no slouch either. And to be honest, Habib's last couple of fights against Conor McGregor, McGregor's a lot of talk more so than he is a great fighter. Justin Gaethje is a great fighter. So uh, Habib has said himself this week that this is the best two light heavyweights going at it here or lightweights going at it here this weekend so what a weekend for for sports guys we've had a number of great weekends so far since everything's come back this is this is right there and we're really excited about this our uh, ufc odds maker told me that that fight in particular has taken more money than any fight we've had since cool bet launched five years ago uh internationally and of course definitely in in the one year that we've been here in canada but there's also some other exciting names you know jared cannonier is on this card against robert whitaker that's a pick em walt harris alexander volkov so this is going to be a good one and for some people who can't stay awake for ufc cards normally the main card starts at 2 p.m eastern so uh everyone in the world is going to get an opportunity to watch this one in in their version of prime time it's going to be a big one. Give me Habib, third round, rear naked choke. Bank it, right. ladies and gentlemen. He is our wagering expert, though, Chris Abbott from Cool. But that's why you tune in and listen. We appreciate this. As always, you can listen to the show every Friday night at 6 right here on CKNX AM 920, cknx.ca. We are on all the best podcast apps. You can watch the show f- uh, Saturday, Friday nights at 8, pardon me, Sunday nights at 9 with our friends on Whiteman TV. Follow us on social media. I'm Ryan Drury. That is Steve Sabrin, Clarky, And for our friend, Chris Abbott from CoolBet. You've been listening to and watching MWO Sports brought to you as always by CoolBet.co.